Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that you're having a great Thursday and I hope that you had an amazing Labor Day weekend. I hope that you celebrated in strides, had that final last summer weekend, soaked up the sun, hung out with your friends or your family or whoever it was. I just hope that it was a stellar time for you. I had a pretty good Labor Day weekend, I have to say. I went up to my boyfriend's cabin. We did a lot of fun things. We went to go see his cows. Yes, you heard that right. His family has a farm up there with cows, which I absolutely adore. There is a baby calf right now, and I am thoroughly obsessed with him. He's so cute. Any baby animal is obviously so cute, but a cow? You don't really think about how cute baby cows are until you're face-to-face with one, and your heart just melts. If you want to see what he looks like, go check out the cover image for Typically Peachy this week at Typically Peachy on Instagram. He's adorable. You're not going to want to miss this one. Trust me. Other than Labor Day weekend, celebrating the achievements of workers, I haven't really done that much. I've really just been working, so I guess the holiday carries on into the week. We're always celebrating workers in some way or another. At least I am, because guys, it is hard to make it through the day sometimes. Sometimes it really feels like these weeks are quite literally never-ending. So if you're having one of those weeks, trust me, I am right there with you. It's always the shorter weeks that just kick you in the butt, I swear. I hate how that happens, but it always does. The only other new thing that I want to share with you guys is an update that this podcast, Typically Peachy, is on Amazon Music and Audible now. So check it out there if those are your streaming platforms of choice. And if not, then keep listening where you're listening. We love you to listen wherever you're coming from. That's it for what's new. Let's get right into what's hot. I have two stories that I want to share with you guys. Both of them, I feel like, are very useful pieces of knowledge. So here we go. First up, what's hot? A story from Vogue. Yes, you can actually watch the 2021 Met Gala this year. Here's how. Vogue is hosting the only official live stream of the event, which is known as fashion's biggest night out. Occurring on September 13th, the live stream will allow you to be part of the action, as megawatt celebrities take the steps of the Metropolitan Museum in their finest attire, all with the simple click of a button. The Met Gala livestream will begin at 5.30pm EST on the night of the Met Gala and will be hosted by two special guests, actor and recording artist Kiki Palmer and actor, writer, and director Ilana Glazer. Together, they will provide unprecedented access to Met Gala's famous red carpet, interviewing high-profile guests as they arrive in grand style. To watch the official live stream, you can watch on Twitter at twitter.com slash Vogue magazine. Vogue also shares that the theme of this year's Met Gala is a celebration of American fashion, so look out for plenty of star-spangled style throughout the evening. American independence is listed as the official dress code, and this can mean anything from splashy red, white, and blue looks to more discreet wares that are made here in the U.S. No matter the interpretation, celebrities are bound to make major statements with their outfits. The Met Gala has a history of creating memorable fashion looks after all. I personally think that this is super exciting. I cannot wait to stream. I like having this inside look. We are getting this more and more because of the pandemic. People are letting you in to different kind of events in ways that you wouldn't be able to in the past. So many fashion shows are being live streamed now, which I think is amazing. It's just making it so much more accessible. So just being able to be involved a little bit more is so exciting. I also think this is really great for a lot of young people specifically. When you're younger, if you have a huge passion for fashion, 
This would be amazing to know that you can live stream the Met Gala from your home. You can feel like you're really a part of it. I love this now and I know that I would have loved it a ton if I was younger too. So I don't know, I think it's just really cool to be able to give people a little bit more of that access. Very cool Vogue, very excited for the Met Gala this year. The American theme, I feel like people could go so many different ways with that. I'm sure, like they said, we are going to see many, many statement pieces. And it's going to be very telling to see what actors and what designers are going to be making what statements. It's the year 2021 and pretty much everyone is trying to make a statement. So what better way to do that than through your wardrobe? As we all know here at Typically Peachy, you express yourself through the way that you dress. And at the Met Gala, people come dressed to the nines. Next up on what's hot, a little bit of streaming news that may affect a few of you listening to the podcast right now. According to AdAge, Disney raises price for Hulu streaming service by $1 a month. Walt Disney Co. raised the price of its Hulu streaming service by $1 to $7 a month for the version that has advertising and to $14 a month without ads. The increases go into effect on October 8th. A bundle that includes Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus remains $14 a month. Disney has now raised prices for all three of its streaming services this year, with each increasing by $1. Disney Plus, the flagship service, increased to $8 a month in March, while the ESPN Plus sports product rose to $7 a month in August. AdAge writes that the company, which has more than 1073 million customers for the services, is capitalizing on increased demand while looking at the same time to offset programming costs. Those include pricey sports rights as well as major Hollywood films that have gone straight to streaming as a result of the pandemic. The bundled offering matches rival Netflix Inc.'s $14 standard package. Disney has also introduced a new marketing campaign to promote that bundle. So prices are going up, guys. Bound to happen. It always does. We see this in little tiny ways. I think that we think, oh, $1, that's not so, so much. But it adds up. And if it's a dollar this year, it could be a dollar next year and a dollar the next. And before you know it, you are paying so much money for each and every one of your subscription services. I know we're not quite there yet, but if you think about it, all of these subscription services together cost so much money. If you have all of them, if you have Hulu and Netflix and Apple Plus and HBO, all of these different ones, that's going to end up costing the same as standard cable would. It's all going to end up being similar pricing, which is kind of a bummer because the thing is, is that you really can't just get one. Like I could not just have Netflix if I wanted to keep up with all the new content out there. It's just not possible. So I think consumers are really going to have to start picking and choosing which content they like the best, depending on whatever platform it is. So I think, too, that also makes it so the streaming services have to focus in more on what their niche is. Like, for instance, Netflix has made itself, like, the head of documentaries, right? Like, all of these different documentaries that are so highly produced that seem in and of itself like an entertainment movie, which is not how documentaries used to be. But Netflix has made itself the core place where if you want to watch those and if you want to watch a high quality production of them, you watch it on Netflix. And obviously Disney Plus has a leg up because they have all of that kid content. And think of how many parents are out there that Disney Plus is the perfect subscription for them and their family with kids. So I don't know, man, a dollar doesn't seem like a lot now. But when I have to start picking and choosing between subscription services, I am going to be upset if I'm not able to watch the new show. I am, and if I'm not able to talk about it on Typically Peachy, 
that's a whole nother story. I can't even talk about that right now. It would make me too sad. But don't worry, guys. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. We're always going to have the latest and greatest content here on Typically Peachy. If all else fails, you guys are going to have to share with me some of your passwords. Just saying. Maybe we should start a community page of passwords. Wouldn't be the worst idea. Anyways, that's the new news in the streaming industry. And that's it for what's hot. So let's get right into what's good because I have products and content that I'm going to share with you guys right now. First up for what's good, a movie that was highly anticipated on Netflix. Why was it highly anticipated? Well, maybe you don't even know about this movie or you didn't even care about this movie. But for us millennials that are also on the cusp of Gen Z, maybe even if you're not a part of that demographic, you may have still heard about this. The movie He's All That stars a TikTok star, Addison Ray. I think a lot of people were waiting to see how she was going to do. She's really not an actor. She has said that herself. So, of course, I needed to watch this movie. I needed to see how she stacked up against the other actors that are in this movie, against that talent there. And I have to say, I feel like for what the movie was, she did hold her ground. This is a very short summary that I'll give you guys. An influencer who specializes in makeovers bets that she can transform an unpopular classmate into a prom king. Okay, so even by that short description, I'm guessing you guys can sort of get the gist of what this movie is. It's very cheeky, it's a high school movie, nothing too serious, prom kings and queens, finding your voice, loving the imperfect parts of yourself, all of those kinds of themes wrapped into it. So like I said, I feel like she did pretty good considering this is her first time acting. So the people in this film were Addison Rae, Tanner Buchanan, Madison Pettis, Rachel Leigh Cook, and Peyton Meyer. If you just need a movie to turn on to have some feel-good energy, I think it was good for what it was. I thought she did good. I don't know how the community as a whole, like the actor community, feels about TikTok stars or anybody in the influencing community coming in and claiming that role as an actor. I mean, for the most part, I think a lot of them are very clear about the fact that they're not actors, but I think it's kind of tough when you get into the situation of them landing roles over somebody that has trained for this, that is very committed to it, but also it's kind of the name of the game. You know, people working on this film and the ones that have a lot of say on who's cast in this film are looking for names that are going to draw people in. I mean, I probably would have watched this movie eventually, but I definitely think that I watched this movie faster because Addison Rae was in it, because I wanted to know how she was going to perform, and I knew people were going to be talking about it, so I wanted to talk about it too. So I don't know. I think it's really tricky. I think that the profession of acting is not just an anybody-can-do-it kind of a field. I think you have to have immense talent and dedication to your craft And maybe she is kind of a natural-born performer. She is an artist in other ways. She sings. She's very creative. All of those things, I'm sure, really do help in her acting. But do I think that maybe somebody could have done a little bit better if they're well-trained as an actor? Maybe. But did this help get the movie off the ground? Also, maybe. So I just think it's a very interesting discussion to have, to think about, to even think about it for yourself if you accept influencers in this space. Because it's very different. They're very different spaces. Just because you can see both on devices doesn't make them the same. The whole point of an influencer is full transparency, right? Like we know everything about their lives or we're supposed to know as much as they put out. 
and it's supposed to be raw and real and true. But that's the opposite of acting. Acting, you're putting on a facade, you are a different character, you're embodying somebody totally different. So I think that there are probably elements that feed into both, but they're completely different. So I think for some people, seeing an influencer who's supposed to be this completely transparent person as somebody else other than themselves may be a little bit jarring. But on the other hand, actors are becoming a lot more like influencers now. They've always been influencers. They've kind of always been the original influencers. But now they're doing more of the quote influencer things more intentionally. They're taking those brand deals. They're doing paid advertisements on their platforms. They're not just using their platforms to promote their films. They're also giving more of a deep dive into their lives. A lot of actors are starting YouTube channels. Shay Mitchell has her own YouTube channel. I think she's actually a perfect example of an actor that has very much moved into the influencer space and now she has her feet in both areas. So what's to say that an influencer can't do it the other way around? I don't know, if anyone has opinions about this or you're in the industry, you're an actor yourself or you're an influencer, I would love to hear your take. DM me at Typically Peachy. Let's have a conversation because I feel like it is more complex than just saying, you stay in your space, you stay in your space, and nobody crossed the line. It is just not that simple, and we're seeing that with this movie. If you want to check it out for yourself, he's all that on Netflix. Next up on What's Good is another film, a very different genre, but this happens to be one of my favorite movies, and that is Whiplash. Here's your summary. Andrew Neiman, played by Miles Teller, is an ambitious young jazz drummer in pursuit of rising to the top of his elite music conservatory. Terrence Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons, an instructor known for his terrifying teaching methods, discovers Andrew and transforms the aspiring drummer into the top jazz ensemble, forever changing the young man's life. But Andrew's passion to achieve perfection quickly spirals into obsession, as his ruthless teacher pushes him to the brink of his ability and his sanity. This movie is what I would classify as kind of a quote smart film, if you will. I don't know. That's what I feel like I call these types of movies. This movie, like The Social Network, Moneyball, if you've seen any of those. I just feel like it's smart. It has really good dialogue. A lot of the writing is quick and it's memorable. And it's a lot of quotable things that I feel like stick with me way past the film. So this film has so many layers, which is part of the reason why I love it. And it's also so much a film that you want to discuss after you've seen it. You want to talk through it. You want to talk about the different relationships and dynamics within the film. You want to talk about the fact that this kid is so obsessed with his passion that he literally has no room for anything or anyone else in his life. There are just so many themes in it about the teacher-student dynamic, how far is too far to push someone to be successful, and whose job is it really to do that, and the obsession of not just pursuing your passion, but being the greatest of the great. He couldn't just be good at the thing that he was doing. He couldn't even just be great at it. He needed to be one of the greats. And honestly, I feel like I could have a conversation with somebody so easily about this film. Me and my boyfriend actually discussed it a lot after we watched it again, and we'd both seen this film multiple times, but there's so much more to unpack. Like I was saying, how to make someone so gifted actually successful. 
the difference between convincing someone they're not good versus inspiring them to keep going, like different teaching styles, and what actually works. Like the professor of this film, he's insane. Like his teaching style is so completely intense to the point of throwing things at kids, tearing them down, making them feel worthless. And his whole point is that the worst words that you can say to somebody is good job because that positive reinforcement will never push somebody to be as great as they can be. And they talk about the limit of that, like what is the limit of tearing somebody down? And the professor comes back and says, if you are one of the greats, you would never be pushed down by this. You would never let whatever he said discourage you from continuing to go. It would only make you want to go further. I don't necessarily agree with this teaching. I think that there are obviously so many toxic things about that. I do believe in positive reinforcement, but this film really does make you challenge even your own thoughts about how to measure success, how to get to be successful, what does success mean. It's very different for each person and also depending on how obsessed you are with success and being remembered, which I think is also a huge theme here. The kid is obsessed with that. He wants to be somebody that people know, that people talk about, that people admire that inspires others. And even that, there's so many different levels there of how people view being inspirational or not going into oblivion, as dramatic as that sounds. Because I think to some people, being remembered by the world is part of the obsession, the fame of it all. So then it's like, okay, the inspiration versus the fame versus what does being a great even mean to you? I don't know. There are so many things that I feel like I come out of this movie every single time thinking about and thinking so deeply about. Again, the words just stick with me so much. So if you want a movie like that, one that's very provoking, that can lead to very deep conversations, I would definitely check out Whiplash. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. Like I said, it's one of my favorites, so this comes highly, highly recommended from me. Last up for what's good, I told you guys I was going to come this week with some products, and I am not disappointing. I have two. Both essentially do the same thing, but I got them both because I wanted to try them out. I've actually heard a lot of different lifestyle influencers talk about both of these products, both of these brands. What they both are are highlighter products. Now, I will say I'm not reviewing them necessarily as a highlighter, Because to be frank with you guys, I don't really wear highlighter. It's just not something that's in my everyday routine. But what I do really like to do is put highlighter in the inner corner of my eye. Makes your eyes look bigger, brighter, just a little bit more awake. Which I can use all the help that I can get because these days I am a sleepy, sleepy girl. So the first product and one that I would say is way more glitter than highlighter. I mean, you can even hear it in the name. And it is the Petite and Pretty Gen Glitter. They market it as hair and body glitter. For the purpose of what I'm telling you guys about, you really can wear it in the corner of your eye. Even on your eyelids if you wanted to do some glitter there. I know a lot of people wear glitter to festivals. So if you ever happen to be one of those ever again, you can use this as a body glitter. I'm sure it's really pretty as that as well. I haven't used it as that yet, but I'm sure that I will eventually. So I really like it for what it is. I will say it's a really big container, so I feel like this is going to last me a very long time. I bought it at Ulta, and it was on sale, and I'm sure that it still is because I bought it like a week ago. So if you want to check it out for yourself, go to Ulta or order it online, Petite and Pretty Gen Glitter. 
The next one is slightly pricier, I think by like $10 more, but because the other one was on sale, I think this one was actually about like $20 more. But I will say I like this one better for the purposes of what I'm using it for, and that is the Iconic London Illuminator. I like this a lot. A little goes a long way, so if you're using it like I'm using it, do a tiny, tiny bit. Seriously, you need like nothing, which is nice because if it's a little pricier, I don't have to buy it again. I got the color Original. It's made in Italy. Fancy, fancy. I really like the original color. I feel like it's a really nice shimmer. I also like the bottle of this. It's cute. It's compact. It's a cool little applicator. I would recommend this one maybe a little bit more than the other one if you're looking for the same thing as I was. So again, Iconic London Illuminator. I believe this one you can only get online at Ulta. So don't go to the store, just order it online and you'll be set. Last up for what's good, your songs of the week and pay attention because the last two are going to bring us right into need to know basis. But before those two, first up, Missing Peace by Vance Joy. Heartworks by Wingtip, and your final two, Young, Dumb, and Broke by Khalid, and Youth by Troy Sivan, the Griffin remix. I love all of these. I'm excited to add them to the playlist, and if you don't know what playlist I'm talking about, here's your chance to find a really cool new playlist. It is called Typically Peachy, What's Good, and it's on Spotify. Now that we're done with that section of this podcast, let's get right into Need to Know Basis, because... Guys, it was a labor day, but really that is just the precipice of the topic that I wanted to get into. Since we love talking about jobs here and finding careers, I thought maybe we should talk about how to approach finding the right one. Obviously, there is no one right way, we all know that, but we can go on this exploratory journey together to find ways that work the best for each and every one of us. So like I said, if you were paying attention to those last two songs, you'll know that the approach we're talking about today is finding what you want to do as if you were a kid. When we're kids, we are asked so much, what do you want to be when you grow up? That question isn't daunting when you're five. At five years old, that question is actually incredibly fun to answer because there's no pressure When you're five years old, you're not expected to say you want to be a teacher and then become a teacher tomorrow. No, that pressure just comes later in life when you become an adult or when people start to put expectations on you and you start to put expectations on yourself that your career needs to start today. First up, I just want to say, let's put the brakes on that. Okay, It's okay if you don't know what you want to do. It's okay if you didn't know yesterday, if you don't know today, and if you don't know tomorrow. Things take time. They take trial and error. And what I feel they really take is the space for you to actually explore and to stop rushing ourselves all the time. To approach that question, what do you want to be when you grow up, as if you were five years old. Now, I'm not delusional. I understand that we have responsibilities and we need to pay bills and we need to be able to live and sustain a life. Okay, so I get that we need to have jobs, but that doesn't mean that what you're doing needs to be what you're doing, quote unquote, when you grow up. Also, you don't need to have one answer. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to be an astronaut and I really liked the idea of being a receptionist. 
Whenever we played games as kids, I would love like checking people in and having a clipboard. Clipboards were my jam, okay? But my point is, your answer changed when you were a kid too. It's just that when you had an answer, a lot of times you became obsessed with that thing and you devoted things to it and you worked on trying to explore if that's something that you liked. And then maybe you got bored of that and that's when the astronaut switch happened. And instead of reading to your stuffed animals and teaching them lessons, now you want to go put on a spacesuit. Okay, but that swapping of careers wasn't a big deal then. It's not a big deal now. And we really just have to bring our mindset a little bit back to youth and redefine young professional. Okay, we are all young professionals. We are pretty much kids trying to figure it out. It doesn't matter what age you are. To be clear, it doesn't matter. You can be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s listening to this and still feel like you want to think about your profession differently. If you get into the mindset that you are still a young professional, no matter where you are in your life, your whole perspective is going to change. We don't live in a world where you have to have one job your entire life. We just don't. And I think that that's great. And I understand that that can also feel very overwhelming. Like I want to do this one day and this the next day and I can't make up my mind and what am I passionate about and what am I going to follow through with? You don't need to have it all figured out. Just work towards figuring something out. It's okay if it's not going to be today or tomorrow or anything, but just working towards figuring out what it is that you want, even if that is constantly changing within the process of figuring out what you want, those are still positive steps forward. That's still useful information for you. And if you start approaching new jobs or new opportunities more like a young professional, you're going to be more ambitious. You're not going to care so much about failing. You're going to stay curious. You're going to realize that these opportunities, I know everybody says they're make or break or they can change your career, all of those different cliche sayings, Guys, guess what? There's more than one right way. Like I said, I'm not promoting people to just be on their couch and be lazy and do nothing and not contribute to society or to themselves at all. What I'm saying is it's okay to approach things differently and to continue to figure it out with each new job, with each new opportunity. I've told you guys this before, but I am not where I eventually want to be. Even if I end up doing something completely different than I'm doing now, let's say I start my own company and I love it and it's amazing and it's everything that I ever wanted. I still hope that there's a part of me that allows myself to think outside the box of what I'm currently doing then. I hope that that feeling of the next day reminding myself how much I wanted to be a teacher when I was younger allows me to do something more with that. Even if it's not my complete profession, but just the idea of closing off avenues for me that I can find some benefit in, I don't want that. And I know perspectives change and maybe mine will on this, but for right now, I just really want to remind myself and to remind all of you to be young professionals, to not put so much pressure on yourself to grow up, to have it figured out. Because it's obviously so cliche to say, but when you're young, you want so badly to grow up. And now that we've grown up some, 
we now have the knowledge to know that growing up isn't all that all the time. So continue to grow up. Continue to ask yourself, what do you want to be when you grow up? And continue to give yourself the space to not know the answer anytime soon. Or to change your answer a million times over. It's all okay. Don't feel like you're waiting to start your life. You are living your life. Make it a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. De-stress. Do some things that you love that just bring you pure joy. Listen to some good music. Do something nice for a stranger. Keep that young professional energy up. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. Oh.